morning, gentlemen. Good morning, guys. Good morning, guys. On uh, Friday, the S&P 500 set a new record high, and the market's decline at the beginning of the month is over. Tech stocks are rallying again, and Americans are suddenly more upbeat about the economy. Consumer confidence is climbing, and inflation expectations are falling. So, first question. Judy from Boynton Beach asks, do you still believe there will be a pullback, or is it suddenly a risk-on market and everyone should just jump in before it really takes off? Well, uh, I'll handle that first, Mike. Um, tough. That's Look, that, that's the way people are feeling, right? Um, you know, you have uh, inflation rates coming down. Dollar has firmed up. Uh, yields are really at a, at a sweet spot, right? Not too high, not too cold. Is the Fed going to cut? Probably at least a couple times. Um, and, and so that's the hence on for the risk on. Um, I think that these markets are fairly too slightly overvalued and we should see a pullback. So I still believe in that. Um, uh, and I think it's a viable pullback. Um, earning, we're in the midst of earnings season right now. Earnings are coming in okay. Uh, very important that we continue to watch those, monitor those situations. You know, earnings are the mother's milk of stocks. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take it thus far. But I, I would anticipate a pullback uh, within the first half. Um, you're looking at an S&P 500 now that, you know, has really run almost uh, 26, 27 percent uh, within a, a little bit over a year, 13 months. Uh, that's a that's a very, very big run that that we've gone on. Um, so that's what I'm sticking to. We're we're largely seeing some of the January effect too, right? I, we, we saw some rebalancing early in the year that actually caused some intermittent volatility, and you have to respect the price action of what's going on beneath the surface of the actual markets. And I think the fact that we're seeing a lot of alleviation in terms of that overall interest rate pressure to the upside is a really big deal for a lot of companies um, because it definitely helps them raise capital, borrowing costs. Uh, I still do think that we're going to see a period of volatility. Traditionally, when you have like really significant up years, you tend to see volatility in the February, March time period as people realize they have to pay taxes if they actually sold something. And then coincidentally, when you get into an election year, you usually do see volatility in the first half of the year. I think it's probably going to come more in that February and March type of time period because you still have some strength carrying over from the end of last year. So it's impossible to not respect the price action of what's going on with the market. But to think it's only going to go up and it's going to be risk on when the S&P is at all time highs is kind of recency bias and kind of <laughs> you, you want to be more of a buyer in terms of weakness on a pullback as long as that pullback doesn't manifest into something that's significantly more negative. Okay, there's a second question. While the S&P and NASDAQ are at all time highs, Small cap stocks are 25% off their all-time highs. Why do you think is the reason for this? Well, what's really interesting is about that is we've, we rarely see that type of phenomenon actually take place with such a significant diversion amongst those indexes. Usually you have pretty much everything across the board being at all-time highs, and this kind of attributes to what we were talking about last year a lot of returns being concentrated in large cap stocks, particularly in the Magnificent Seven. And what's happened, I think, is that small cap stocks, which generally don't have significant earnings, they tend to borrow more money throughout the course of time. We just embarked on our largest and fastest rate hiking cycle ever. So the cost of capital for a lot of those companies has actually increased remarkably. 
And I think that a lot of different stocks in that index are feeling the effect of that. But, you know, I, I was thinking about this a little bit more over the course of the last couple of months, too, in terms of why this phenomenon has actually taken place. And I think over the course of the long term, small cap stocks and the Russell 2000 will ultimately almost always underperform their S&P 500 large cap counterparts. Because if you're a small cap stock and you perform really well, you have good management, really good execution, eventually you do become a large cap stock. So you kind of get promoted out of the index, right? So a lot of small cap stocks tend to be a lot of companies that don't necessarily grow out of being a small cap stock. So they tend to perform well when the economy is in the midst of a reacceleration with when low with low interest rates, and you're just not in that environment right now because rates have stayed high. Okay, uh, anything to add, Phil? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that small cap um, when you're looking for values uh, makes sense in the portfolio. It's going to take you know some time. Um, but I think long term, uh, you know, as these companies benefit from rates coming down, uh, they you have some really good performers that are uh, growth at a reasonable price right now. And in fact, uh, last year, I want to say in January is when we started. Uh, sorry, last um, December we started adding to our portfolio uh, small cap. So it's uh, it's an okay time here. Okay, guys, that was great. And if you would like to submit a question. Send it to our email address, which is question at qquestiontuesday.com, and we'll be back next week.